Hi, I'm Haley, author of the book blog, Brook and Binding. I'm Maddie, upcoming debut author, and this is Lit Sis. And so, so now that we've uh, talked for nearly, now that we've talked about 22 minutes about random things, um so we've we've moved a little bit into it of so Haley tends to go with the thrillers and I tend to go with the historical fictions um and so one of the things that I thought about is the question of like do we ever like get tired of these um and I think the I think my answer is a little bit more complicated because I have this like this very strong tie to historical fiction um, but I also feel like I could like speak on thrillers as well and any other genres. So I asked you that question, Haley, do you ever get sick of thrillers? That's a really good question. I think the answer is yes. And here's why I read quite a few of them and I do go in spurts of reading more at a time than others like sometimes I'm like boom 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 especially if like authors I really like are coming out they have a new book like I'm gonna read I'm gonna read like all the ones that are coming out that are new that my the favorite authors that I have are coming out I don't care if I just finished one person's I'm gonna jump to the next um but I think I get tired of them because they they cease to surprise me sometimes. And yep. that is really sad to say. And, you know, I actually, for the month of April, for the um, Brook and Binding blog, I reviewed a book called Sometimes I Lie by Alice Feeney. And I got that last summer and it sounded really good to me. And like this girl's in a coma and she doesn't remember why or how she got in a coma. And then you get flashbacks of her like the week before leading up to her accident. And then you get these like childhood diary entries and like stuff like that. And it sounds really interesting. And that sounds like it'd be a good movie versus a good book. And when I read it, there were a few things that caught me off guard. But as I'm reading... I feel like my guard is up. Like I'm like trying to figure it out and I'm trying to be like, okay, they want me to take this at face value, but I don't think that's what it is. Or I think that so-and-so, you know, what are you doing? Oh my gosh. I just wanted some goldfish, and I have been up for a very long time, and I'm just going to um, keep whining. Uh, okay. Continue. Well, thanks for that little little interlude there. Um, but You're welcome. As I was reading it, like, there were a few moments that did surprise me, kind of, I would say. Like, I was like, oh, I guess I didn't. I, I, I didn't realize that that's the way they were going to go or, oh, okay, I kind of, you know. But honestly, the ending was, like, so lame. And, 
Yeah, it was really? so lame. Like it ended and then it does like those a lot of times thrillers end the main plot and then they do like an epilogue that's like however many months or years later or you know whatever. So then they're able to show post conclusion, I guess, of how the characters are like living or you know whatever. And just the way it ended, I was like what is that supposed to mean? Like, I don't understand. Like, if you were trying to like, mm. hint at something, you didn't do a very good job of like describing what that actually means because I don't feel like that was necessary or like I don't know how to describe it without giving it away. So that's fair. And honestly, so like you said, you had to, you had like your guard up where you were like trying, where you weren't taking things for face value. Do you think that, like, that's because you've read so yeah. many of these books that you're, it's hard for you? So, like, maybe, like, maybe, like, the ending was a little bit more lame for you because you did have your guard up the whole time and you weren't trusting everything that was happening versus someone who hasn't really read a lot of thrillers and just kind of reads the book but, and kind of expects that people But, are you know, I do. The thing is, too, I don't, I don't always try to figure out thriller. Like, I, I enjoy... I enjoy being surprised. Like I, I, I want to fully commit, you know, but I can't, Mm -hmm. this is making me think of, um, good mythical morning. The, this YouTube channel that Maddie and I watch, um, this guy, Mm -hmm. he tried to get hypnotized to like cats because he really doesn't like cats. (laughs) And he was like, so good. I really was trying to like give myself over. I really wanted to like cats. Like I was really trying to like, you know, essentially I'm trying to take this at face out. I'm trying to fully be committed, but it just like did not work on him. (laughs) Like it just, he was like not going for like any of the things that the guy was trying to tell him to do. And anyway, so I do, I like to go add a thriller with an open mind I like to the only reason I think sometimes my guard goes up or or my like inquisitive brain kicks on is when I can tell that the author is maybe being a little sneaky about something or maybe someone's identity or if there's like a um uh, unreliable narrator um but I really do try to fully like commit to the story and this book in particular the ending like there's like a phrase apparently that that is said at the beginning and at the end of the book and I don't know if the author wanted you to understand what that phrase was meaning or if they're just trying to be sneaky like I'm not actually gonna like answer why I put this here but I did it again and so now you're in suspense like I don't know does that make sense Mm. it just did not feel I don't know it didn't feel good but there are there I do think I am more critical of thrillers because I have read so many and because my favorite books are thrillers so like I have a high standard of what a good thriller can do and how it can really captivate me and good storytelling and good twists and good character development um which, I mean, the more you read all these other different genres, too, the more you're going to be able to pick up on those things, even if it's not the same genre. Like, 
I feel like I can pick up on those same things if I read a historical fiction or if I read a nonfiction or whatever. So it really has to do a lot of with like the writing of the author. But because that's the genre that I go mm-hmm. towards the most, I feel like I can get tired of them because some of like a lot of them just aren't comparing in my mind. But I still get them because I still want to give them chances. Like I still think that sounds really interesting. I want to give it a chance or I've heard a lot of good things about this book. I'm going to give it a chance. And I just think I have really high standards, but there are some that I've read recently that have have done a great job. So it's not all thrillers, but I would say I do get quite a few that don't measure up. I I would say I think the thing about thrillers is that what intrigues you is the mystery of like the description of the story. So you're like, oh wow, like that sounds so interesting that it sounds like they like it basically what it does is it gives you a plot line and then like in the description and then it like takes away these major points of explanation. And it's like, but what? Yeah, like in, the syno- like in the like in like in like, yeah, in yeah, the yeah. synopsis. But like, I mean, like, and it's supposed to do that. It's not supposed to tell you what happened. But it like it usually shows up as like, this is a person, and then <gasps> a thing happens. What yeah. happens next? And like, so it it intrigues you with what like what it's about, and like oftentimes, like I would say that people who write thriller novels are really good at creating different plot lines of being like. I feel like very few times I'm reading a thriller novel and I think, I feel like I've read a book just like this because of the plot. I would, I would argue though that I have read other thrillers and I think I am thinking of a thriller book just like this because of the tropes. Why don't you explain that a little bit for our listeners? Okay. So for an example, like, I mean, a book can have, there can be so many different plot lines of a book of like this one's on a lake this one's at a camp this one's at an art museum this one's in the big city this one's in a small college town and so like you can have various settings and so it makes a book feel very different but then you'll have similar things like a woman goes missing somebody dies multiple people are being killed by a serial killer or like this person's acting really strange. Like this person sees something weird, but it's a secret or they can't figure it out what's going on. And so then you get these variations. So it's, it's, it's normal probability of like various settings and all these various settings can have these various different plot lines and you can kind of mix and match them. And so for the most part, the plot lines of books are going to feel a little bit different just based on those individual things that you can kind of like swap around and like make a little bit different. But what I mean by the trope is that there's like, and I feel like I've read so many descriptions, so many synopses of thriller books where it's like, you will never see it coming. Or like this, this book, I've never read anything like it. This ending is so shocking. You will never predict it. And nevertheless, I will predict parts of it. Or our mom is very good at reading thriller books, which is so weird. I don't understand it. Um, and so, but it's because they follow these similar tropes of like, I don't know, like there can be tropes, like a, a, a common trope 
that you don't see all the time, but it is used as either a counterpoint or as the main twist, which is like the like romantic partner is the one who does it. Or like the person someone is any any sort of romantic partner, spouse, boyfriend, girlfriend, person. Or it's like the person with. in the story like, that is like your least likely suspect. Like the random yes. neighbor that they talk to, or like the person that seems Yeah. Like like the the, 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 was- the brother that is from out of town that came to visit or like stuff like that where you're like, Oh yeah, why that would they totally wouldn't do that and then you're like, <gasps> it was them and then the fun part is yeah when they actually explain why, why and how that's fun to me yeah it's super fun but the but you're right like it always tends to try and be this person that you least suspect which gives you the shock factor but for sure if you've read enough when, thrillers when you start you immediately suspect yeah. the least likely person <laughs> exactly and so it's like i think we've read we read a thriller this summer, I know for sure, that we were reading it, and I was trying to predict some things, and I was like, this character seems like this cool guy, and I don't trust him. Or like, I just was it a Ruth Ware about him. Okay. It was a Ruth Ware. Um, and I, I just remember being like, ooh, this, I feel like people, I feel like she wants you to like this character, but I'm unsure about him. And he... That character had twists, had a, okay, that character had a interesting twist with his character in general, just in general over the entire course of the book, there was a very interesting twist that was very shocking, Um, but like it's characters like that guy or characters like various other books that I've read or like, or like the, the person missing or the person presumed dead isn't actually missing or dead like for various other reasons so it's like you can have different like maybe it's a body double or maybe they have a twin or something like that so like they're not actually dead but like the twist itself of they're not actually dead is used a lot or like or the twist of it's a person you least suspected Mm -hmm. or like i'm trying to think of another one like i don't know it's like those those tiny little tropes that like really they'll really get you sometimes or it's like or oh oh I think the, another one that I feel like happens in literally every single thriller book ever which is like the person's beginning to solve it and all of a sudden like a piece of evidence goes missing or they, they like get attacked because like something like that yeah it's like they're right at the end and all of a sudden like the person who knows that I, I, well, the thing I never get is like it always tends to be that like the person the evil person in it knows that they're figuring it out and then they like go and attack them but it's always like so late in the game but like it's like they've known this whole time but then they don't i don't know it's always an interesting after i make this point we can totally talk about your genre but with um also a thriller with the um unreliable narrator like that's huge or like they yes it's like first person and so you don't actually know who's talking like the actual character Mm, and then mm -hmm. later on you realize oh my gosh I totally was assuming it was this person who was talking but it was someone completely different now those are fun for me but also those are ones where I 
have started to be a little more on guard, which is something that happened in the sometimes mm-hmm. I lie. Where I was like, I think they're assuming they, they want me to assume this is in this person's perspective, but I kind of am trying to think of it might be someone else and who might that be. So, but, but there have yep. been quite a few where that's happened. And I, one in particular I read last year um, where I, when they revealed like the twist and who the person was, who they were actually talking about or who was that narrator in those specific chapters, I like flipped back to the beginning of the book and was like, were there any hints? Like, how could I have missed that? Was I supposed to know it was this? Like, it totally threw me off. Was was this an advanced reader's copy book that you have? Yeah, okay. I This is the one I was thinking of. And they did, that book did an unreliable Yeah, and that's very, very well. uncommon. That's why, like, stuff like that, I love to throw myself in the midst. But if it's not written very well, then I start to get suspicious and my guard comes up and I try to just figure it out. Yeah. So it really is on the office, I will honestly. say that there, there was another... There was another book with Unreliable Narrator, though, that we read at the same time when I was visiting you during Christmas time. Yeah, yeah. Like two but Christmas you figured ago. that one out. It, but I figured that one out. So it's like, it's, you got to just play around with it. And like, I think that there are some things about the thriller genre that is like, so, so good. But again, like, the hard thing is, do we yeah. ever get tired of it? Yeah, because you start to pick up on all of the little the little things to look out for and so it's not so much of this yeah. oh my gosh and like, that's why I think anymore which is I kind of unfortunate why, I mean I, I you would have to agree with this too with your genre um that's why it's good to read different genres instead of just always reading the same one like that's why I say it's nice to come up for a breath of fresh air and I'll read like a romantic comedy or I'll read like a fiction or you know whatever because if you just stay in that one realm all the time then I feel like some of the beauty and appreciation that you have or like some things that the author did do well, like might, might not come across as well to you because you just are so in that world all the time. But if you take a step back and refresh and read something that's out of your comfort zone and then you come back to it, then I feel like you can go with fresh eyes and you get to, um, you get to appreciate it more. Does that make sense? Yes, I totally agree. And, like, that's what's and important about, to... like... Go ahead. It's almost like... Oh, um, I, it's, okay, so there's... I'm a nursing major, everyone, so, like, I uh, think in nursing things. Um, but there's this thing called, like, a medication vacation that, like, little kids take when they're on ADHD medication. So they take it during... They don't take their meds during summertime so they can, like, get off of the, the side effects of them. And so I feel like that's kind of like what this is like. We have to take like a vacation from the thriller books for a little bit in order to exactly. truly appreciate them. And again. no matter what, it's good to dive into other genres because like sometimes like I have a, a few friends that I know that constantly kind of read the same style or the same author or like that's like really like their go-to and they don't ever really branch out. And I think to myself, there's so much else out there that you're missing if you're just limiting yourself to this. And just because you like it, like, I mean, there's more, you know, it's kind of like you're at a buffet and you're like, ooh, chicken nuggets. I totally love chicken nuggets. I'm just going to keep getting chicken nuggets. But there's like an assortment of all these other things that maybe you've never tried before, but are also really delicious. And if you don't like take that risk, you're never going to know that you like pork chops or that you like 
salad or like, you know what I mean? Like there's like all these other little things. So, mm-hmm. and you might like those yeah, more. And it, honestly, and it makes or, sense. Or you find, oh, these are my two top favorite ones. Or you, you know, just broaden your horizons. Yeah. And I mean like, and that, and like your analogy with like food works even better too, because when we eat food, the first bite is always the best. So it's like, as much as we really love thriller books, they will probably not be as good as the first time we've read a thriller book, which is very disappointing to know that like you're kind of going into each next one, like you're gonna like it probably because you're bit comparing less than the last it when you read, and like it really blows you away. Yeah, because you're comparing it to the very first one that you read or the exactly. very first one that you liked. So, I think it's about time we talk about your genre. Ooh, yes. So yeah, so. Historical fiction is my child. But do you ever get um, tired of it? Big fan. question. This is a safe um, space. So you can share <laughs> your true feelings. Oh, gosh. Um, I'm going to say... I knew it. No. <laughs> okay, well, that wraps up our episode. Ha, ha, ha. Ha, ha, ha. Very funny. Um, yeah, I'm going to say no. I, and I'll, I'll even say, I, I agree with you that it's, it's good to take breaks and that sometimes there are these like repetitive things. And I definitely think there are times when I get like, I read a historical fiction book and I am comparing it to other ones that I like, but I don't think I'm ever going to, I don't think I ever get tired of it to the point of, I need to consciously make a, like, I feel like with thrillers, you consciously make the choice yeah. to like take a break from them. Historical fiction, I don't think I could ever consciously be like, I don't want to read a historical fiction book right now. It just tends to be, if I'm not reading a historical fiction book, it's because I am interested in a different book, but not because, oh man, I've been reading too much historical fiction lately. I will, I will say though, like, it is frustrating sometimes because I will just like read and buy like every historical fiction book that I see. Um, And that is not, not all historical fiction books are made the same. So not all created equal. It's unfortunate. <laughs> They're not all created equal. So you'll get books like The Heart's Invisible Furies, which is to date the best historical fiction novel really that I've good. ever read. Um, Better than Great Alone, do you think? Yes. Oh, uh, yeah, it's oh. better than Great Alone. I'm so I I love. Did you like Great Alone more than Nightingale or no? Because I still haven't read Nightingale. No. Oh, you haven't. Ooh. I think I recommended that you read Great Alone first because I said I don't think you would like it as much if you read it after Nightingale. Hmm. And so I'm going to trust past Maddie's (laughs) advice and say Nightingale is better. Yeah. But I will. I. I will say this. The Great Alone is more of a breath of fresh air than the Nightingale. That one's a little heavier. No, more along the lines of the Nightingale, you see similar plot lines to other got you, got you, got you. Yeah. Like the one I always think of is The Girl You Left Behind and the Nightingale have very similar Well, okay, so this is a question I have for you. You are not just any historical fiction lover you specifically (laughs) are addicted to if i can use that word world war ii era 
historical fiction. That so, is, okay, okay. So, my question is, I should have how, how many I've read. I don't know if this is really a question, but more of a thought, maybe. But like, and this is by no means to sound offensive or anything like that about any of the wars that have occurred. But it's kind of like, <laughs> how many times can you read about like a soldier and then his loved one is, you know, left behind and like they have to go through that or like, I, I don't know. You know what I'm saying? Like, I feel like there's, it's such a niche, 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 niche. Which one is it? Okay. Um, niche. That sounds so fancy. Um, it does. Like, it's so, it's so specific. How do you justify, re- at least I feel like in thriller, you get different settings, you get different, like, like, are you in the mindset of a detective? Are you in the mindset of like a grieving sister? Are you in the mindset of, you know, the husband who is trying to find his missing wife? Like you, you have like, like what we said earlier, you have all these different variables to kind of piece together a thriller. And in my mind, I think, especially the historical fiction that you like, there's not a lot of those variables available. So do you, like, you know what I'm trying to say? I, you know, but here's the thing. I would argue that there is some variation. I, I will admit. Repetitive. Can, I will read a lot of Repetitive. Them. What? Yeah. They're repetitive. They are very repetitive. But I will admit, though, that, like, I don't, I don't, I don't know what kind of World War II books you think I read. <laughs> But, like, for the, for the most part, like, I'm not reading books about, like, battles or, like, people on the front line or, like, I do read Holocaust books a lot. And that's probably out of any of the books that I've read, like, any of the ones that have, like, someone in a concentration camp, those are the most repetitive because I've read, like, I mean, you can only get so far yeah. with a concentration camp um, because, you know, like, they're dying and like not to make life of concentration camps I'm so sorry <laughs> nice <laughs> but like but like like the emotional turmoil that people go through that they describe yeah. in the books it's all very okay. similar I thought you were gonna um, say it's different because because each person has different trauma and different situations that well like their setting might be the same but I they're mean, individuals but you're saying opposite I am kind of saying, well, they might have, well, what I'm saying is like, in general, what people, what I've read, at least of stories that have a concentration camp setting is people tend to have three things on their mind, how to stay alive, what they're going to do when they leave, if they can leave or slash, like if the war's ever going to end and they often think about the people that they've lost. Um, and so those three themes just kind of tend to run into each other. Um, but I've actually, like, the parts about it that I think are very interesting is, although they're in the same setting, most of the books about concentration camps that I've read, all of the people are doing various different jobs in gotcha. the concentration camp. So, like, we read Tattooist of Auschwitz. So he is the tattooist. Um, and that's his position. And he has different privileges that other people don't. 
Um, and I've read books where people are doing manual labor. I've read books where people are doing secretary work. I've read books where um, Boy in Striped Pajamas, where it's technically you're not inside the concentration camp, but you're through the eyes of a kid who's seen the concentration camps. Um, and so that's the interesting part is like the various ways that people approach the different angles. But it's but it's hard because it's like, I don't know, I've come to this point where I'm like, yep, this is sad. Like you are very sad and like, but it is the emotional part that should rip me apart. It's become less and less just because with each one that I've read, kind of like the tasting thing, because the very first time that I read the thoughts of someone who is in a concentration camp, it's devastating. But the more you read about it, like the thoughts. It's kind of like, like go numb. You kind of go numb to it a little bit. A little bit. I don't, I wish I didn't. I wish I didn't, but I become more interested in, the dynamic of the concentration camp, the culture of what it was going on, how they even, how the soldiers even felt about doing what they were doing and like maintaining that, that milieu of people. So, and it just, that, that part just so besides is very interesting to me. Books that have to do with the Holocaust, like concentration camps, what yes. would you say are other variables in the historical fiction genre that you feel like makes it not so not as repetitive even though it can be repetitive as you said so like what are the other yeah going back to avenues so going back to like world war ii like outside of the holocaust thing i've i've read a lot of books the reason that keeps it keeps me interested and this is why it was hard with nightingale and the girl you left behind because they were very Which did you read in first? this aspect. Okay. The Girl You Left Behind. Which one um, do you like better? But the... Here's the thing. I get confused sometimes. I know. I know. Um, Nightingale is definitely more focused on the sister relationship, though, gotcha. in, the, in the novel. Um, so that one's very interesting. Um I think the Nightingale has less likable so, characters. So in World War Two, it's like the people who are yes. in the towns that are getting bombed, or they're in the towns, stuff like that. And what keeps things interesting? I would love to read a World War Two novel that's more. I technically I have. I read, um, where is it? I read A Farewell to Arms, which I'm pretty sure is World War Two, and it's Italy. Um, but that one's different though because it's Hemingway, and so like. The, the purpose of him telling the story is not necessarily for the story's sake, but for what he's trying to say through the story, um, which is what those classic novels are always trying to do. Um, and so for me, what I get from reading different historical fiction in World War II is what makes it interesting is the various countries that it's based in, um, which kind of makes no sense. No, but it like, makes sense. Like countries that are, yeah, countries that are World War II and they're based in England those are going to be a lot different and have a lot different of an of a feeling than World War II ones based in the United States. World War II books that's based in France. I've read a lot of the ones yeah. based in France. Um, and those are always interesting to me. I highly recommend All the Light We Cannot See by Anthony Doerr. Um, that one's wonderful. Um, I've read very, lots of ones that are based in Germany, Lots, uh, a couple ones in Poland. Um, the... Uh, uh, 
the Salt of the Sea that I read um, in December. That one's more based in Eastern Europe, which is the first time I read a World War II book based in Eastern Europe. It was in like Prussia area. Um, and I loved that because it was just a different atmosphere. It was a different group of people from different places. And you talk about the countries that they came from. Um, and that was just super interesting. But I will say that there have been a couple of ones in my time of reading that have not stood out to me the way that they want. And like, like I love, the, like, I think I started those. I started reading World War II books because I loved stuff like the Anne Frank stuff, where it was like hiding someone in our house. And like, like I loved the various ways that like they kept people hidden from the Gestapo. Mm-hmm. And I almost said Gestapo, <laughs> that's a soup. <laughs> um, but then I just started, I, it's, and it's only happened a couple of times, and this is one of those books, but Everyone Brave is Forgiven by Chris Cleave. I thought had a lot of potential um, it had to do in, it was based in Germany and had to do with like this teacher and she was falling in love with this guy. And at the same time, she was trying to keep educating all of her, all of her kids um, who were, some of them were Jews and some of them were being taken away. And I thought that it was going to be a really good book, but it, it just felt really flat for me. It didn't hit all the right chords that I wanted it to do for a world war two novel. Um, and I do read other historical fiction outside World War II era. I read World War One as well. <laughs> wow. <laughs> that was a funny joke. <laughs> I know. Um, but I would, I will say that if I'm going to read another historical fiction, like I've read like Goldmine Rush era, like Oregon Trail stuff. Um, I've read ones that are based in 1920s in the United States. I've read some in the 1950s, 1960s. Um, I don't ever really venture into the 1970s, 80s, except for Great Alone. Um, And I tend to also read a lot based in like the 1940s England, but not necessarily like war era, like after that, like late 40s and early 50s. Yeah. Um, And I just, I I think there's just something so intriguing about... um, about the history of a place and it I my favorite ones tend to be historical fiction from other countries or just like dramatic fiction like the life between oceans is an older it's supposed to be like based in um later uh, earlier time and it's in australia because there's a there's a man who like him and his wife live at the place where there's a lighthouse um and they find like a baby that washes up on shore and they start taking care of the baby and then major stuff happens um but then there's also some that i don't really like that are like the madonna of the mountains which i thought would be really interesting because it's in italy um and it was not that interesting and it had incest in it and i i was kind of done for a little (laughs) bit i was real done and so i mean i'm just like going through some of my my have reads within the past couple years and a lot of them are this this kind of like these broader areas or times um or like anytime I read a Khaled Hosseini book um what I love about that is that he he writes from around the perspective and a time that he grew up leading into like the um Syrian crisis and the Afghani crisis because he's from Afghanistan so he writes about things just going on in the Middle East but he starts it around the age that he would have been like back in the 1980s before things get out of hand and so I think, truly, I think more more accurate of what I like is not necessarily this big historical fiction thing, but I just love to read books 
about life in other places, whether it's time, whether it's location, but I want to be removed from where I am, not like unrealistically. Like I don't want to like go into a fantasy world and be separated from reality in that way, but I want to be separated from reality in the sense of this is a different place in the world, or this is a different time that I don't live in. Um, Because that's when it truly becomes the most interesting to me. Very nice. Thank you. Thank you. So in short, no, I actually don't really get to yeah, it. I can see that. I, I just want to say really quick, what I feel like you're describing is like just straight up fiction. But if you are wanting to dive into a specific time period, that's when you look at the historical section. You know what I mean? That's true. But I will say, I, I think I tend to dive into historical more often. Well, yeah. Hey, if you're wanting to get into reading a little bit more and you want a good description of books to read, check out brookandbinding.wordpress.com for an amazing selection of books with great reviews written by our own Haley of Lissis. Again, that is brookandbinding.wordpress.com. Hello, Lissis listeners. It's Maddie. I'm eating a banana. And Please do not mind the sound of my voice with a banana in it. Oh, gosh. And I'm Haley who also has a plethora of snacks, but will try to hold back during the recording of this. Haley's been both eating a lot and eating not at all. Um, Oh, eating some. She is losing her appetite and gaining it all the time. So today, it seems to be an appetite day. It does. It is quite that kind of day. (laughs) That sounds like a line from like an A.A. Milne Winnie the Pooh uh, like book. Like, it was quite that kind of day. <laughs> That's a fun little feels, phrase. Mm-hmm. It just feels very Winnie the Poohish. Well, so. I will take that as a compliment. You're welcome. And we will later go on to, there will be an episode one of these days where we talk about the types of books that we read and how that influences the way we write or the way we talk. Oh, yeah. But that is an episode for another time. That's going to be a good one. Yes. Haley, would you like to, What is what is the episode about? Actually, well, I mean. How are you? I'm doing great. Before I'm, we delve into the episode, let's. How are you doing? I'm doing great. I am currently sitting on my, at not on my kitchen counter, at my kitchen counter, and just took Dora, my dog, if you don't know who she is, for a little walk. Very very short for us. Walks are like an hour or an hour and a half, and before. We started recording today. I took her out for like 15 minutes just so she could try to go to the bathroom, which she did, which is awesome. But yeah, so for her, a 15 minute walk is like definitely not enough. And I kind of feel like she's pouting a little bit, but you know, can't help it sometimes. That is true. When you got a podcast, you got a podcast. Yeah. Well, how are you, Matt? You're almost done with school. Woo! Um, doing well. I've been up for almost twelve hours. Wow! Um, by the t- at the time of this recording, so your girl's tired. Um, and I'm just trying to get through. I have one more clinical, and then I am done with those for the semester. Yeah. Woo! So my life is busy, but um, you know, I'm just. I feel like I have a lot of free time that somehow gets filled up with different things tell me about it 
Yep. Yeah. Yep. That's my life. Like, because I was like, okay, Haley and I are gonna record at three. It's at three right now, and I was like, okay, I'm going to run, and then I'm gonna work out, and then I'm gonna, I'll have like an hour, and I can just chill until we record. How am I? I was even thinking myself. I was like, how am I even gonna fill this hour? Because originally I was like, oh, I'm free at two. And then Haley was like, oh, I can do three. And I was like, okay, fine. How am I going to fill this hour? Well, you know, if I filled that hour, I, well, one, I showered, which was much needed. But then I realized that tomorrow is RA appreciation day on my floor. And so I was like, I'm also in a leadership position, if y'all don't know this. Um, and so I was like, shoot, I have this obligation to this create an atmosphere of love to the RAs tomorrow and tomorrow I have clinical so I will be up at 4 30 in the morning and I can like decorate their doors and stuff like that and so from two to three I went to Walmart and I got some streamers and I got like then I printed off pictures of their faces and I'm like like taping them onto cutouts of hearts and I was like being very craftsy and then all of a sudden it was three o'clock and I was like shoot oh my goodness time flies it sure does and you know I just finished my banana, so if my voice has been sounding weird because of the banana, it should be fine. It hasn't, so you're very lucky. God, it must be. I know. Look we'll it. just keep that in mind. Bananas are safe foods to eat for podcasts. When podcasts. Yep. They, you'll, they'll never know. They'll never know. You'll, you'll never know if we're eating again unless you hear crunching. Yeah. We might always be. You know what? We might always have been eating a banana in every single episode, but you just didn't know. Yeah. You didn't know. So the suspense, <laughs> who knows? We definitely have eaten during episodes before. And I think we haven't like said we were eating. We were just like quietly. Yeah. Eating in the background. Yeah. I'm pretty sure. Um, but I thought I, I haven't like, I don't know. We haven't talked about this before on the podcast. So before we go into the detail of what we're supposed to talk about today, um, I thought I would bring up something very fun about lit sis the podcast Ooh, okay do you have any idea what i'm about to bring up no but i'm excited <laughs> okay so when i'm like on our anchor um little dashboard thing and i can see information about lit sis there's this cool little feature that shows us like the different places in the world where people listen to lit sis so if you so there we have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven countries represented as viewers of Litsis or listeners, I guess, of Litsis. That's pretty cool. I mean, eighty-eight percent of those listeners come from the United States, but that's not one hundred percent. Yeah. That's only eighty-eight. Yeah, that's cool. So um I thought that that would be really cool to shout out to the different countries. Um so, shout out to the U.S. Woo! Woo! Shout out to U.K. Woo! We got people from, it specifically says England. All of them are from England. So, Woo! all you English people who listen, thank you. 2% from Romania. That's fancy. Woo! 1% from Germany. Ooh. Less than, I know. Less than 1% from France. And the rest are, like, less than 1%. So, it's probably, like, one person listened, like, one time. Um... But so we have France, Sweden, Switzerland, Vietnam, Belgium, Netherlands, and Turkey. Vietnam. Vietnam. Um, we watched a very good musical about <laughs> Vietnam. 
Why Why today? Oh man. Did you listen to that soundtrack like a bunch after we saw it? No, because I probably would cry. I know the song. I I know I knew some of the songs before we saw it. So mm. I I'm just pulling from my own memory. Yes. So that the musical in question is what what is it again? Miss Saigon. Miss Saigon. I was gonna say some. Rec- what is it? The Geisha one. That's not a musical, is it? No. Memoirs. What is that one Memoirs. Of Memoirs a of a Geisha. I always remember you liked that movie or something when I, we were younger, and I I didn't know what it was. I never ever watched it but I thought it would be interesting to watch so okay maybe maybe I was just interested in your interest in watching it probably I think because it was I thought it was kind of scandalous but I actually have never still seen it yeah I just don't I didn't know I know now I almost said I don't know but I didn't know growing up what a geisha was yeah so like I was just very intrigued by your intrigue. So maybe we'll have to watch it sometime. I we might. I got what we got. We got six days together this summer. Yeah, we could watch it in those six days. Well, six days, and then when you come back from an awesome trip, we'll have more. That is true. That is true. And and I will. Um, I'll I'll just I'll move in with you so I can help you uh get some sleep. And take care. I'll, I'll help you take care of your life. Let's just say that, if you so want to. You know, we'll have to process that. Well, let's put a pin in that conversation because you know we're already almost twelve minutes in, and these people still have no clue what we were talking about today. Yeah, that is true. That is true. We are just going on and on cryptically about our personal lives. Um, but I, but again, I did think it was really cool that we have listeners from other countries. Yeah, that's awesome. 12%, 12% of our listeners come from outside the United States. That's really so, cool. That is well, really fun. And it, bonjour, guten tag. I don't know how to say anything in Vietnamese. I don't know either. Um, you could say it in UK-ish. Uh, cheerio, you know. They don't really say that, though, there, do they? they? They don't. I have been to there. I've been to England. They don't say cheerio. Do they just say hi? Just, they, I don't really remember it. They like they don't. I don't think they say hi. They say like good morning, morning to you. No, they don't say. They don't say good morning to you. They just like. <laughs> I think they're just like, like. I think they just say hello. Hello, may I get you a cup of tea? Yes, that's exactly what they sound like. And then when they they say bye, they just are like. Bye. So normal. Yeah. I also found that like England is a lot less of a proper place than I thought it would be. Like I feel like when people are like England, they're like, oh, like tea with the queen and we sit on little chairs and eat little sandwiches. Um, and it's all like very fancy. But I think my favorite revelation about England was that it is really not you would think that they have like fancy words for things, but actually they just use like the, the, they describe what's actually happening or like what actually something is. So like, instead of having a sign that says exit, the sign is like a little person running out a door and it says way out. That's funny. Cause like technically it is the way out, but it's also the exit. 
and like we use exit but they just say way out and I just I don't know it was one of those funny things where I was like I feel like that should be swapped like I feel like they would have the fancy word for something and we would just kind of explain what it what it is but I know I thought it was very very clever very funny anyway now I'm pretty sure we're 12 minutes into this episode 14 Um, yeah so or less less than that it's less we we chat in the beginning so this will probably be edited down to 12 um at this point well wherever we're at we're definitely a decent amount in and people still don't know what it's about unless they read the title so that that is true that they they, maybe we'll have the title be a secret no probably not good no um okay so Haley, would you like to explain what this episode is about yes so i will explain it as best i can um I'm not sure quite the wording that Maddie will use for the title. Um, If you want to clarify, post my explanation, let me know. Um, Okay. But we just want to talk about some genres that we kind of get tired of after a while. And that could be we've read so many of them, we kind of get numb to them. That could be um, we've tried reading this genre and like just can't get through it. Or, you know, just, just lots of different things. So, so, but mostly, though, I think we're going to talk about, like, genres that we, I don't know. Like, just genres that we've probably read a lot of this specific genre, and we get kind of tired of it after a while. What do you think? Yeah. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's a great description. So, I mean, as, I think with all readers, we can fall into, like, a certain niche of, the types of books that we like to read so it's not uncommon for Haley and I to be trying to decide between books we want to read and just kind of go for what we would normally go for um so this kind of this episode is kind of we're just going to open up a conversation about do we ever like regret choosing books that we thought we we're going to like or do we ever get sick of certain genres and like have to choose a different one for a little bit so and this was all I think in my mind, this was spurred on by the fact that it was book of the month yesterday. Woo-hoo! Woo! For the first of the month. And I, this has happened multiple times with book of the month. But Haley and I, were separated most of the time. So I'm at school and she's living her life, you know. Um, and so we'll text each other, each other. We'll be like, oh my gosh, book of the month. Like, And we'll read about the titles. And then we'll text each other like, oh, this is the one that I'm interested. This is the one I'm interested in. Because we don't want to get the same one, usually. So that we can swap and read the other person's. So yesterday, looking at Book of the Month, I immediately text Haley. And I was like, Haley, I know which one I want. And and what did you, how did you respond? I said, is it the hearts one? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, so it basically what it was, was like one of the, like the second or third, I think it was the second book that was in the description of Book of the Month. It was this one that, like, it even says the genre on top of them, which is how we knew that for um, the, what was it, the line, shoot. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the line held between us, or, it was your book of the month. You read it. I know. Me. But it was that, like, Appalachian memoir. Appalachian noir. 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 Not memoir. That's what, <laughs> so, like, yeah, not the memoir. So, they, um. Um, I dropped my water bottle. The line that held us. The line that held us, yes. 
So, also, its average rating on Goodreads is 3.71, and I definitely gave it five stars. So, don't know what's happening there. Weird. Um, but, so, the reason we we joked about the whole Appalachian Noir thing is because Book of the Month puts their genre, like, on top of the title to, like, give you, like, an inkling about what it's about. And so, the very second one said, the two words when it comes to books will always reel me in. It said, historical fiction, and I was hooked. I texted Haley, I was like, it's that one. And, yeah. So, I have my own thing. I feel like this genre. is like a, like a, like a, a meeting for people who have, like, like, addictions. Hi, my name's Maddie, and I'm addicted to reading historical fiction novels. <laughs> um, yeah. I have uh, a problem. Yeah. That when I see a historical fiction, I have to pick it. You know, that is not incorrect. <laughs> that feels very true. Mm-hmm. So, so like, and the reason Haley called it hearts is because in the description, the, per- the judge who was, like, advocating for you to pick this book compared it to the 2017 book of the month book of the year winner which is my absolute favorite book of all time hearts invisible furies by john boyne which even though i've read it it still continues to live on my shelf at school i take it with me everywhere yeah it's pretty good so that's the that is my like go-to genre is like boom historical fiction yeah Haley, do you have a go-to genre that you always choose or tend to choose? I hate to admit it, but yes. I know what you're going to say. What? Oh, just say No. It. I know you're going to Okay, say we'll say it at the same time. Three, two, one. Thriller. Thriller. You waited. Oh, sorry. I knew it was going to be thriller, though. Yes. Suspenseful, thriller, mystery. Things that I like to try and figure out, but I also like to be surprised. And we're going to talk about this a little bit, but you know, there's been quite a few I've read recently that they've kind of let me down. And so this book of the month, I didn't pick the one that could have been, was there even a thrillery one? I think there was, it was the it one was... about like the friends that like turned. Oh their yeah, 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 yeah. Thing. Yeah, these friends that are like they're best friends, but they're also like always kind of competing with each other, and then it's kind of like they're enemies, but they're frenemies, and yeah. I actually was like, what one did you choose? Did you choose the historical? No, one? I almost did. I almost got the one for um. It talks about. Oh, I'm gonna be sounding nerdy. If I don't already, uh, <laughs> talking about um, Egypt and its history and like some of its political stuff, but just it's kind of like a, it's 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 like it's nonfiction because it's about this guy who moves to Cairo with his family because he's really interested in in Egyptian history and archaeology and just everything that's going on in their country. Um, but there start to be like riots and stuff that happened a little after I'm pretty sure a little after they moved there and I think he's a journalist or something like that so it's just his him like documenting what's been going on and 
stuff like that. So it sounds boring, snooze for some people, but I've always loved Egyptian stuff. So what you're saying is you're a big nerd. Yep, nerd. Okay, but I, I have to clarify. I also really love Egyptian stuff. Haley and I used to watch like, like the like what was it like the Mummy? Not like the movie Mummy, but like all the his like History Channel episodes where it's like talking about mummified. Yeah, it was like an archaeology and... like thing where I can't remember what they were called, but it'd be like Tutankhamun, and it'd be like the the lost yeah. king or the found like this queen that they discovered and they would find these tombs and then they would do dna testing and then they would try to recreate what these people looked like and how they maybe died and like yeah it was so really fascinating cool. now i want to know if these are on Netflix. oh my word that'd be cool Haley. we gotta if it's on Netflix, that'd be we gotta. sweet but anyway no i did not pick that i picked how not to die alone Oh, okay. Interesting. Yeah, I, I, Interesting. I know it doesn't say it's supposed to be comedic, but gosh, it it sounds hilarious to me. So, yeah, I don't know how it's not. I know it, to be a it said in the description like sad, but it also said like heartwarming. So maybe there's elements that are sad. Maybe like a pathetic sadness. I don't know, but it sounded hilarious mm. to me, and <laughs> it sounded like something that I would. That would take me out of my comfort zone a little bit. You know what I mean? Like, okay, not, okay, not Mm -hmm. fully out of my comfort zone, but something that lightens up, like an easy read, something that's just lighter, something that I don't have to really, like, process that much. I I really like to go between those really, like, heavy, thrillery, suspenseful murder things. I do like historical fiction, but if I'm going to pick something that is going to bring me up for a breath of fresh air, it's probably going to be like a contemporary fiction or just something like that where it's just about real people and just like their daily life or like something that they're going through or like a little bit of romance thrown in there, stuff like that. So that's why I picked that one. That's fair. I, I It definitely didn't interest me, but you know interest you well i hope that this conversation was semi-interesting um we'd love to hear from you guys what's your favorite go-to genre um you're more than welcome to message us on instagram at brook and binding or at maddie reads a lot m-a-d-d-y not i-e and yes and um yeah, which genres do you guys like? Do you have any recommendations in the specific genres we talked about today, like thriller and historical fiction that you think would maybe more thriller for me, but but would not make me get so tired of it after a while, even though I keep coming back? Um, feel free to contact us. Let us know your thoughts. And um, yeah, I, I really hope you guys enjoyed this episode. It was really fun to talk about this. I... I feel like I could just go on and on and on and on and on about it, which is probably why it's good I stopped. Probably. So, Haley, what are you reading right now? I know you just posted on Brook and Binding the end of your April books. So what are you reading now in May? Oh, gosh. I I have, like, two or three set aside I'm trying to decide. Um, I really would like to read my book of the month choice from last month. Um, 
It's called Lost and Wanted. I can't remember the author right now, um, but it was one that was more out of my comfort zone again, kind of like science-y, nerd, but it's a fiction. Anyway, it sounds really interesting, um, but I also have been wanting to read the second book in this Alice in Wonderland series that's a little darker. Um, It's called Red Queen um, by Christina Henry, I believe. So those two are on my top list right now. And I'm just trying to decide if I really want to dive into either one of those yet, or maybe something else on my shelf is going to pop out. So we'll see. What about you? What are you reading? Well, I'm still reading Harry Potter and the Order of the Phoenix, unfortunately. Um, But I actually have nothing else from that, but I'm still reading Order of the Phoenix. Um, I have a lot of books on my to read list that I cannot wait to read, um, this summer. Um, uh, but yeah, it's, I'm still in order of the Phoenix. Um, your girl's very busy. Um, so I'm determined to do a little bit more reading, um, tomorrow, um, and just see how far I can get. I'm on, I'm in the 300s in an 870 page book. So I'm doing well-ish. Yeah, that's so pretty good. I- I feel like this should you should just like ask me on an update on how I'm doing in Harry Potter because like I'm not really reading. I'm not getting through books as fast as I'd like to, which is something I'm learning to have grace on about. Yeah, so it's all good. Yeah, definitely. Which I think we've talked about in a previous episode, but for me, so it's crazy that you're going exactly. through that too. That is so true. <sighs> yes. Well, hopefully we will um, entertain your ears next week as well please join us again for another lists episode and please share with other book lovers or people who just like to hear conversations podcasting who doesn't love listening to podcasts i know so if you don't like podcasts you're an alien i wouldn't go that far that's fair <laughs> Thanks for taking a break from reading. Now go flip. Alright, I'm currently eating a banana. Do you want to wait till you're done eating the banana? Not necessarily. Okay. We can open it with me saying, Hello, I'm eating a banana. Weren't we eating last time? I think so. I don't know. Cereal. Yeah. You were eating, no, that was episode one. You're eating cereal. Because episode two, we were outside. Oh, okay. Okay. I will begin in three, two, one.